My name is Lisa Medoff, and I am a lecturer in the human biology department. I'm a developmental psychologist. My specialty is adolescence, especially adolescent mental health, education, and sexuality. This is the story of my uncle, Howard R. Cohn. He is my mom's brother. He is sort of in our family both a mythical hero figure and a cautionary tale. He really lived his life with no concern for other people, which again, in, in my family, that's been made a lot of and admired and also looked down on. His motto, I think, was do what you're interested in until it's not fun anymore. He used to tell my mom stories about how in the days before abortion was legal that he would be involved and there was some sort of underground railroad for poor women around the University of Chicago and that they would pick these women up and take them to different apartments and doctors would be there and doctors would give them abortions. And my mom always kind of thought with him, sometimes you didn't know if he was making things up or exaggerating. Then a couple years ago, she saw a documentary about it and it was like all the facts were exactly what he was talking about and she realized okay wow he he really was telling the truth about that kind of thing He worked when the Playboy Club was just a, a house, like a big house in Chicago. He was the editor. They had a weekly or a monthly newsletter, and he was the editor for that. And then Playboy wasn't fun anymore, and I think they wanted him to go into the office and wear a suit and tie, and he just walked away. He walked away from a lot of things that he could have been very successful at because he didn't want to conform. He moved out to Los Angeles and he was determined that he was going to make it in, in the movies. Writing and directing really weren't his strong points. He had so many other talents, but these were not them. But he wrote and directed a lot of movies for Roger Corman. Awful, awful like embarrassingly awful movies. And there was Saturday the 14th which had my brother and I kind of looked it up as it had a, I, my brother did a, like a little Twitter hashtag and there were like two or three other people every Saturday the 14th we kind of <laughs> remember him and then there was of course Saturday the 14th strikes back we used to go up when I was growing up in San Diego we'd go up to LA and watch the filming and they would have the premiere at the same theater that all the other premieres are at but it would be like Wednesday morning at 10 o'clock <laughs> There are people who just live at the wrong time. And I think had he been who he was 10 or 20 years later, he would have been an internet millionaire. Like he could have created Google. He could have created IMDB. He made this tape for us called Assorted Silliness that we played over and over and over again and had to make copies of because it kept wearing out. I mean, this is, this is the soundtrack of our childhood. It had all these old protest songs on it, like the MTA and Jewish folk songs like Alan Sherman, a lot of the Dr. Demento old silly things. 
but it had a lot of free to be you and me. He was the one who introduced us to free to be you and me. And my brother and I always say to my mom, this is why you have an unmarried daughter and a gay son, because you played so much free to be you and me that you let us know that, you know, who that gender didn't matter and we could be whatever we wanted to be. And then one of the songs on there was the Pete Seeger version of Little Boxes, which is, I think, one of the defining songs for all of us in our family. And I think that was really a mantra that I grew up with. And I know my brother did, too, of the worst thing that could happen to you is you could grow up and live in a little box made of ticky tacky. Don't be like everybody else. Don't you don't have to do what everybody else is telling you to do do what works for you and that it's it's better to have your freedom you know every, everything is sort of the balance between freedom and security right and for me the choice has always been freedom more than security and the security is important to me and that's why I work a lot but the freedom always wins out I think he pushed my family to take chances and to do the things that they wanted to do But again, I think we got these mixed messages that on one hand, he was just this person that everybody looked at and admired. But at the same time, he he just seemed to be constantly going downhill. Not, you know, he never really got what he wanted. He never got to be famous. So he did some of the things that he wanted, but he just never quite got there. And towards the end of his life, I think he got a little bit more delusional. He was never diagnosed or anything. Some of us think he was possibly bipolar or some other things were going on for him. And he would always tell me, we're getting funding together and we're gonna go film this movie here and you're gonna come with me. And I believed him for a long time and I think my parents always walked the line of not wanting to burst my bubble but wanting me to keep realistic about who he was. Then when he was he was in his late 50s, he really kind of started to go downhill. He didn't take care of himself at all. He never had his pipe out of his mouth. It was kind of heavy. And again, that cautionary tale of he never, he never married, he never had kids, but he also pushed people away. He ended up dying of a heart attack in 1999, I think. I was living in Philadelphia at the time, so I didn't go to the funeral. My mom did, and she said she met a lot of his friends, people that he had been friends with since the early days in Chicago. What one of his friends said to my mom was, you know, we all moved on to plan B, and he never did. And so that's sort of become another saying in our family of, you know, he never moved on to plan B, and that push and pull of when should you move on to plan B, and when should you give up on your dreams? I always, I think like a lot of people, I always wanted to be a writer, but I think, uh, I think this is a function of being the oldest child and a people pleaser and an overachiever. I think I went to plan B too quickly. I have always done the sort of like high achievement, be the best, do plan B first. Do it the other way around. Do the plan B, be successful in the traditional way, have a cushion, and then you could do the plan. You, then maybe you could do the writing or you could do something more creative. Sometimes I'll even say to my mom that I, I have a fear of ending up like him. And so I sometimes, because I 
live alone and I haven't chosen to to make some of the more traditional choices that sometimes I do get that fear I'll say to myself like I'll be in my house talking to my cats and I'm like you're having an Uncle Howie moment and so that's possibly why I did plan B first and then maybe we'll go to plan A later. My family always talks about God, I hope my aunt never hears this but my aunt is not that smart never pushed for it to be achieve achieving um never wanted more out of like is happy with her life loves every movie she says she loves everything she loves and my uncle was out out there like criticizing things and we always talk about like who is it better to be um is it better to see everything and be critical and always kind of be angry and wanting more or is it better to be Aunt Carol and be happy all the time and not see everything that's out there and so we talk about in our family did he do us a disservice by opening my mom's eyes to to seeing what was out there and being critical of things and wanting more Um, and by that did he do my brother and I a favor um, or did he do us a disservice? I would love to be able to just like go go to things. I would love to, to I went to the Super Bowl party, a Super Bowl party on Sunday and I would have loved to just be able to go and have a good time and not be you know like questioning all of the messages that were be that were being sent in the commercials and um questioning why is football so important and you know feeling like I'm at this party with people and having sort of this superficial relationship with them. I would have liked to have just been able to go to the party. And I think that's also something every, all four of us in our family, we all work on of like, just go to things and have fun. Everything, you don't have to agonize (laughs) over everything. You don't have to analyze everything. Um, And we've all come to that in our different ways as we get older and older of trying to just not be so critical and analyzing things and just sometimes going and having a good time. And sometimes we say that about, like, he just saw, he saw too much, and that was too much for him to handle.